professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. Feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the big guy, Ryback, starts now. Welcome to the Ryback Show. I am the big guy, Ryback, and today I'm joined by Santino Morella, Anthony Corelli, a guy I know from... My first years in the wrestling business, back when he was Boris, down in OVW, we, we talk a little bit about that today. We talk about his neck injury, just injuries in general, uh, stem cells going down to bioaccelerator, getting older, time going on, and uh, just taking up advantage of every opportunity in life, whether meeting people, just being grateful talk about business quite a bit everything going on with his battle arts academy how he is uh is truly i i get a great deal of motivation from him and he's a guy i have, have a tremendous amount of respect for professionally and outside of j just in life his mindset he was a guy that when i kind of discovered the law of attraction of the secret he was already using that he never even read the book he's just a, a positive upbeat guy no matter what happens to him in life, he just he keeps going. He uh, chooses to see the the p positive on things, and I've, he's always kept his cool really well. And uh, over over different situations, and uh, a very wise wise individual. Talk a little bit though, just about everything with COVID and, and business, and just enjoying life and, and balance. And and we we do quite a bit about business and taking on a lot and, and how that compares to, to working and being told what you're doing in wrestling um, and kind of having a routine to, to working for yourself and what it's like, the responsibilities and, and you know, and being a father, he's two kids and just uh, talk if you maybe, you know, wanted any interest in a creative uh, managerial type role for in pro wrestling, whether that's WWE, AEW or Impact Wrestling, uh, just fascinating just interesting motivating human being in my opinion he is the greatest comedy wrestler of all time it would be monitor sellouts every time no matter where we were uh, live events especially when when he was allowed to go out there and just truly captivate the audience and work the crowd just one hell of a guy ladies and gentlemen santino morella hey buddy how are you Hello, sir. Nice. What's going on? Not too much. I got one of these things here. It's like two wiggly arms. You can uh, get some light here. Hey, there we go. Got the ring light now. Awesome. That's perfect. Okay, there we go. Man, you How's look that? great. Oh, thank you, man. Feel feel great. How old are you now? 46. Holy hell. This is, uh, time is yeah. going by quick. <laughs> Yeah, I know. My daughter's 25 now. I see your post on that, and I'm like, man, I remember when you used to talk about her in OVW when she was just little, and I was like, where did all this time go? It was you. You're, she was 10. Because you used to talk about her all the time, and then I saw your post where you're like, she's 25. I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't believe I had a 25-year-old if you told me, but I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, You were the first guy... 
with this. I remember in, in WWE when I saw your your injury with the neck injury, where I was like, "Oh man, this is like real." Like the stuff, like when we're all young, we get into the business and then you see like old timers come in or people and they get injuries, but then experiencing like people, you know, and like came into the business with and seeing like injuries. And then later I would have my own that I didn't realize would be so serious. But I remember when with your neck injury in particular, I remember just thinking like, man, this is, this stuff can affect the rest of our lives. <laughs> yeah. The Phase one of my neck injury was in university where I herniated a disc a little bit in amateur wrestling practice, and then it stayed there and it calcified. So now it became a piece of bone and it was touching my spinal cord. So it was, the, I showed up with that injury. It just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. I protected it as much as I could. I'd still get stingers. I remember once I was in the, are we recording already? Yeah, I just keep it on at the beginning and have them come in. Can I do an open? Yeah. Okay. You know, my guys to do that running big ass in the corner. Yeah. I didn't have my head in the right spot. Boom. Like both my arms on fire, like fire bad. Whew. So it impacted my spinal cord there. Uh, and then throughout the years, it was always little shots on my neck. But you know, whatever I did my traction and then yep, kept it going the best I could. Did you do when now when you were up there too, because and I've talked about with like for me, because you get in the cycle of going and it's just like, and it's just especially the schedule and just going and going and going and you have injuries. And I remember like with my back, they started giving me Toradol the last like two years every day. And again, my choice. And I, at the end of the day, I got to hold myself accountable for, for allowing it. And then like my shoulder, they were pumping it full of cortisone, which ate away all the cartilage. Were you doing cortisone for your neck at all or no? Well, so I had a couple of different issues with my neck. One, I had my facet joints on my neck were rubbing. So that was causing me to lock up. Like I couldn't move anywhere because the facets are hitting the nerve. So there they did uh, some cortisone, you know, worked for a month. And then um, I did a facet rhizotomy where they go in there and they actually fry that little nerve that goes through the facet joints. And for those that are listening that don't know, the facet joints would be that little skeletal spiny stuff you see, you can visibly see from the outside. But they, they come out and they also go sideways. And um, they said that, you know, it was mostly going to be a, a pain receptor nerve, but it did have some motor function because, you know, now when I ride my bike after a while, my neck gets tired and it did it atrophied a bit. Yep. But that was the one thing. And then I had the discs issue. So I had a double fusion. And, you know, pain's gone. <laughs> Mobility, too, but pain's gone. For everyone and listening, too, in my opinion, you're the greatest comedy wrestler of all time. As far as, I think you're just, you're just an all-around great wrestler. You're able, you whatever role that you play, you excel in. You were in OVW. Is, you were as legitimate as anybody down there and with your background, but you were believable because I was new to the business. I was like, man, this guy's good. I thought you were going to go on and, and go up there and do this badass serious role that you were doing with you and Stronko and, and all that. And then I remember sitting in Louisville, Kentucky at my low point, And I was the girlfriend that was the ex-girlfriend now, but like raising her kid, I'd been out of wrestling for like a year at OVW drinking heavily with my, the, the girl had, was drinking a lot. We're sitting Wait, on the- smoke, Smoky Bones? This was before even, I think I even got in or right around that period. Yeah, Smoky Bones period. <laughs> but I'll never forget sitting on the couch in Louisville, Kentucky. It's like one of those moments that's just ingrained in my brain. And 
raw, I put raw on. I wasn't watching it a lot because I was I was a little down and I didn't want to see. And I remember I turned it on one night. I was like, I want to see what's going on. And I was out of the loop of what was going on, drunk and just sitting there. And and I remember that you debuted. And I was like, whoa. It was like to me in, out of the crowd and the whole deal. And I was, but it was one of those moments. I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I got to get back on the horse and get back. And that was the, you have these little moments in your life that you remember. But it was like, and me and you have always gotten along with you. But that was one of the, like, it motivated me. And so, so thank you. And it was just you just being you and just being successful. And it was. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, pretty crazy. Cause I remember, like, it happened so fast on Friday. I'm driving to E-Town, for, and I get a call. You speak Italian. And do you remember when Fearless Jack Bull thought that Dusty Rhodes called him? That's so, one of the all-time greatest blunders of kicking yourself in the ass, maybe of all time. So, so then Dusty Rhodes came in and talked to our class and said, if anybody ever asks you if you can do something, you say yes. And you better learn how to fucking do it. So, I mean, he, he literally told me that like two weeks before. And then they call me and they say, can you speak Italian? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Wait, and you couldn't, right? And they go say something. So I said a couple couple things. I could just see them at a board table with me on speaker looking around going, I don't know, it sounds Italian. Pretty good to me. I don't know. Nobody there was Italian to, to, to you know, verify and that's it, man. I flew out the next day, Saturday, got there on Sunday, debuted on Monday. And I felt like, I remember asking, it was Nova. I'm like, well, what's going to happen to Boris? Like, <laughs> like he was a and he goes, forget Boris. This is, this is an idea from Vince himself. And I'm like, so anyway, Boris came to an abrupt end, which is funny because I was called Boris after being in Louisville for, I was in Louisville for like two years and two weeks. Yep. And I was called Boris after being there for like three weeks or a month. And then I was Santino, and then I left Louisville in like two weeks because I wanted to come home and see my daughter, right? So for two years of my life, not only did I live in Louisville, for two years of my life, I was this guy, Boris. Yes. So people referred to me as Boris, and my name was Boris for That's two years. That's how I knew you, yeah. <laughs> Strange, eh? That's uh, when I had an alias. That was like when, for me, it, that reminds me of when I got called up to Skip Sheffield, and Vince yeah. came up to me during week one or week two of NXT. And he, it was week two, I think. And he says, he goes, you're not going to be doing this uh, very longer anymore. He, he goes, I need you to get away from this character. He goes, you're going to make me millions of dollars just being yourself. I remember I was so destroyed inside because I'd embraced that character so much. And then, and I was like, well, what about Skip Sheffield? <laughs> 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 Who gives a fuck as long as... So what for you, you came up there and, and and got thrown into the mix right away in there. How did you transition into into the Santino everyone fell in love with is the comedy? Well, it's funny because I had like six indie matches and then I go to Japan and I have several work shoots. So my indie matches, I knew absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, I remember I would just bow up in the heat and start throwing guys. Because my coach, Don Koloff, my first coach, I understand what he was trying to say now. If someone's taking advantage of you in the ring, taking liberties, just shoot on them. Yep. Put put them in a hold and say, you know, are we good? We're gonna work now. Like relax. But the way he said it, I thought, God, miss. So it's kind of real. Like it's kind of real. Like he's like, you know, you have to take the initiative. Yeah. So I go out there and I'm just taking over and just throwing guys and and I I, I apologize to guys since then. The, the first six guys that I worked. I see them after it, 
Well, one guy was Crazy Steve. You know Crazy Steve yeah. from like Impact? Yep. I met him and I go, dude, because he was so skinny back then. And I'm like, uh, I'm going to kill this guy, you know? Like, I'm thinking <laughs> it's like a fight. And I just threw him around. I gave him one hurricane run and the rest was a beating. And um, I saw him years later and, I, and I'm like, dude, I am so sorry. I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. He goes, yeah, I was kind of wondering <laughs> why you just beat me up like that. And I'm like, wow, I, I didn't know, man. And you're anyway. a badass for people that don't know the, the stuff you can do and what you know. And you also, I'll say, you fire up. You have a lot of intensity inside of you, a lot of energy. So when you decide to go that route, it's to me, I always, I always appreciated that because so many yeah. people, you're so believable in the other route that they would have no idea. It just blows their mind, probably. But what you're I actually, I can definitely make the crazy eyes if I need to. So then, Japan, it's work shoot. I still don't know how to wrestle. Work shoot, you know, I'm just doing MMA, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then I come to. Um, OVW, I was kicked out of Japan for like a year because I overstayed one of my tourist visas and that's a big no-no, so I was banned. Um, so anyway, I was wrestling in Rip Rogers' class. So matches I would have in practice was the vast majority of my experience. So now I go to become Boris Alexiev on OVW TV, but I'm doing squash matches again. Yep. So I'm not learning how still how to wrestle. And all of a sudden, I get called up to Raw, and I have to wrestle, like, within the highest tier of wrestling in the world, when all I had was basically Rip Rogers' class practices, matches. How long which, were you with Rip for? God, let's see. I got with Rip in, like, uh, June of 05, and I got signed in July of 06, but I debuted in February of 07. Well, then there's three months after getting my work visa. Yep. Oh, gosh. A year straight, you know, let's say a year. Yeah, which even like Rip's style is different than, because Rip, and Rip is amazing. I love Rip. But in what he teaches doesn't, you don't always do that up there. And working as Boris, doing squash matches, you're not now doing that up there. Yes. So it's, it's a huge adjustment of like, who, who am I essentially? Yeah. You know, luckily everything Rip taught, I, I've only ever used anything Rip taught yep. me. Even years later. So I had to learn on the fly. I'm wrestling William Regal. Thank God he's kind of guiding me. Chavo Guerrero is guiding me. In the beginning, I'm tag teaming with Carlito, who's taking advantage of me, knowing that I don't know shit. I'm taking the beatings from Bob Holly. I'm taking the comebacks. I'm taking the finish. And I'm like, I'm just happy to be there. So yep. I'm taking everything. And he's, <laughs> you know. And uh, I had to learn. It took me a few years. But it was still sticking to my guns with everything Rip taught me. And then later when I was the one that was calling the shots and putting together the matches, it was still all Rip stuff. So yeah, I remember the Monday night that I debuted, I'm in the back. I'm saying, you, you're prepared for this. This was the goal. Now that we're at the goal, no need to be scared because that was the goal, right? Yeah. So just talking myself through it and thinking, you know, because I, I was a wrestling machine in Rip's class. So you can wrestle. I wrestled one hour Broadways with Mondo and, and he even said it. He's so smart. He goes, this is the best you'll ever be. He goes, once you go on the road, you fall into your, you know, routine. Your people want to see your patented spots or whatever, your moves. And the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of the time you're using 20% of your knowledge. Yep. But at OBW, you're doing everything. You want to try everything. You want to learn everything. I could transition from leg locks to guillotines to arm locks to throws to pins, put on holds and everything. And then when I get up there... I'm doing speed walk, splits, headbutt, cobra. Yep. That was a bit, right? 
I remember you doing the headbutt in OVW and people, I don't know, it was, it would, I don't know if it was Al would sometimes, everyone pop for it though. And then like eventually years later, it's one of your signature moves to Santino. And it was, I was just like, man, I love stuff like that, how it just works out. And it's. Well, yeah. So the headbutt, the, the joke was, and it, it was a running joke. I missed the headbutt always. Yeah. Like I, I, um, Santino would go up and they go, no, no. My, my Stronko would say, no, I go, no, this time for sure, this time for sure. And the guy would move. So, I, and that's the thing. I'm, I was already 31, 32 years old and I'm crashing and burning off the top rope yeah, on a daily basis, a which is not good anyway. So, Al Snow said that I'll never do that headbutt off the top rope in WWE. <laughs> so, one day it was, it was against Cody on Monday Night Raw and I did this, I did the, the, the timber one where yep. I stood there and just fell. I think I did it in Mania once too. <laughs> and uh, I got it in. I got it in. And then I remember just texting Al saying, hey, I got it in, man. He said I'd never do it. But the, the headbutt I would do, I was just running off the ropes, a little salute headbutt. Yeah. yeah. I remember that, man. That's So you transitioned into the – how did the comedy come about with you? Because you're very endearing oh. and get along with – you're probably one of the most likable guys I've ever met. Whereas I, I don't think I've ever remotely even been upset with you or anything because you're just naturally funny. How did that transition into the on-air role of that happening? So Santino originally was supposed to be a fiery baby face, undersized guy who's an underdog, you yeah. know, and um, people got force fed Santino, right? Like, okay, this guy beat Uwaga. Okay, this guy can beat Chris Masters. Okay, this guy can beat Shelton Benjamin. He just came out of the crowd. Bullshit. Like, they, they kind of refused it, rejected it, you know? And um, they were booing. I remember there was a match, Clash of Champions, where Umaga won back the IC title. And he was, it was in Houston, too, where he lives. So he was, you know, murdering me. And the crowd's like, one more time. One. They wanted to see me get decimated. So then I guess the meeting was, hmm, yeah, they're not, they're not taking to him as a baby face. Well, let's try him as a heel. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, hasta la vista, yeah. repack, whatever. And... The first day they gave me the mic and I was a heel. Apparently Vince was popping. And that's all you got to do yep. is pop, man, yeah. and you have a job. So uh, What was I it? Do you remember what it was that got him? Or Yeah, I, it was a promo about, I think I was dating Maria, and then someone cheated to beat Maria. And I did this promo, I can't stand cheating and blah, blah, blah. Something about the NBA where I was there. And anyway, everyone was backstage was like, wow, man, so much... So much personality came out in that promo. And in typical WWE fashion, promo next week, the next week I'm doing guest commentary, backstage vignette, and all of a sudden they started going. Because at the time, there was actually a bit of a shortage of mic skills. So it was timing's everything. Absolutely. And, and I separated my shoulder uh, against Umaga in a, house, a live event in like West Virginia. So I had the sling on my arm, which gave me more mic time because I couldn't wrestle and they wanted to keep me on air. So it ended up being a blessing in disguise, cutting promos for like four or five weeks straight, um, maybe six weeks. And then uh, by that time, I was uh, I did like that dating game with uh, Ron Simmons. And at that point, I'm full-blown heel, and it just caught on right there at that time. Which just goes to show, though, too, and this is why in people with wrestling, and you're out there working in, in for however, whatever that length was, and and wherever you were at and then all of a sudden inject the personality get the mic time and, and that's where you can actually really truly get over and it, yes it's great you got i think you got to have everything ultimately at the end of the day the, the more tools but 
it just goes to show how much personality truly it can outdo working almost. Yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's oh, yeah, definitely can outdo working. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of guys that were not good workers, but they got they had something. Yeah. And they made a lot of money and they had a successful career. And, you know, the sad part is, kids, if someone like Cesaro, his personality is good enough. He's not the rock, but it mean, yeah. his work rate is incredible. And I think people, I think the office expects the audience to only care about people with personality. But the, I think the audience can care, can and will care about people that just work really well. You know, that tell a yeah. story physically. You know, you bring up a great point. I've talked about this. It bothers me because to me, WWE or wrestling in general has the easiest job in the world of manufacturing superstars. I look yeah. at a guy, if I'm sitting in a boardroom and you show me Cesaro and I know what Cesaro can do in the ring. And I know Cesaro, I know okay, personality-wise what he brings to the table. And we can see, I go, it, it's like a guy like Chris Benoit, you play to their strengths. And I go, okay, let's not put this guy in situations then where he's going to go do a 20-minute promo. Let's yeah. just play to his strengths and get him as over as possible within his abilities. We'll give him little things here and there to improve over time and get the people to accept him or his personality. It's like Bret Hart wasn't the greatest promo guy for a long time. Yeah. Eventually, it came together, but you got to get the opportunities. You got to you got to play to their strengths. Where it's like they don't do that now, and it's a different business model. But to me, I go, there's no reason why you can't have 20 megastars up there right now. Just if I'm in a boardroom and you show me the guys what they do, I go, okay, these are their strengths. Let's go. Let's go in this direction. But well, you know, it, I mean, it makes sense that. If you're in an elevator and one cable breaks, you got a hundred other cables yeah. to hold that elevator up. And so now, okay, Joe, Roman Reigns is, is out. Seth's like really the guy right now. What happens if something happens to Seth? Now you're going to scramble to get some other guys. There should be several, several yeah. number one, seven guys tied for number one and let them battle it out totally. Look at Lance Storm personality they, they they worked with it right can yep. i be serious a second steve blackman yeah like you know I don't, I don't remember him cutting a promo he probably did somewhere but you know he, he did the job in the ring perry saturn did the job in the ring that was um and, I, and i've talked about it i'm excited with everything with aew being around though and, and with the business i feel like it's gonna force wwe to change i truly believe like vince because it is and I know when I was going good and they told me we're never going to have another marquee name again and they took me out of the position and that was told directly to me. And it was a really, I was like, everything that is like, this is, this is kind of ass backwards. But I feel like back when you had The Rock and Stone Cold, they needed guys to get over to, for them to survive. Where Vince, mm -hmm. they got so big and I get it from a business standpoint, they're making more money than ever on the back end. I feel like they, and what they told me, they don't have a need. They don't want those big stars anymore. They didn't. But now if this other promotion is here and things start getting serious, I think they're going to be forced to have to start letting guys just go out there and, okay, go get over. It's free for all. Whoever gets the most over, we're running with you. And where they take the handcuffs off everyone because there's more than enough guys there that should be at that level. Yeah. There should be a, a mid-card storyline that continues every week that you look forward to and it cuts to that vignette you go oh yeah this one you know i know a lot of the problem was the rock got too big yep when did his own thing and and, and Vince everybody like, has yeah like but screw that you know he's, he's just as soon as he's 
popular enough, he's going to leave anyway. So let's not make anybody super popular like that. Which goes, though, to their business model of how you treat people, too. What's that? It goes to how you treat people, too, though. They have the system, and we all know the system is the system. Bosses now, and I see how how people like Tony Khan's very hands-on with the talent. But if you try to empower your employees or whoever's working for you, they'll actually be more loyal to you. Rather than it goes down to the business model, but that's just the system. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I read a book, uh, it was The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. He empowers his people. They can resolve a problem for $100 or less. They don't have to check with anybody, they can do it. And it empowers them. And they they are even kind of uh, frugal about spending that money because it's kind of the responsibility has been put on them as well. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, empower people. Yeah, you know, my mind just went somewhere no. else. But when you have employees, sometimes you, you have to incentivize them with, with money yeah. to keep them loyal. But that's not true loyalty. That's just, you know, loyalty to money, right? I've always said, too, though, a lot of like t- things that happened with me, it wasn't creative or anything. It was back the things that happened behind the scenes and where and, and really a lot of pain on things. And, and I feel that if you improve the, the relationship with the talents there, they really, you'll get so much more out of them. And because the wrestlers are some of the most amazing human beings I've ever met creatively. Oh, yeah. What's that? I said, oh yeah, they have great senses of humor. Yep. And uh, I wish I had a better relationship with Vince. Not that we had a bad relationship. I just wish I had more time. Yeah. I look up to him as a, a business role model, yep. as a alpha male, as a workhorse, a guy who's just, he's intelligent and, and not just, He's been calling the shots for so long, and it's yeah. always been successful. It's not just because they're the only one in there, because it's it's good. It's The quality of the show is it's good enough. It's not perfect. No. Having a business, I actually have more respect now having my business and understanding how busy I am morning to night and how stressful and having just the employees, the people I have working for me, which is so small. Yeah. And then I look at that, I go, man, you know, I, and – there's things from a personal level I'm not happy with, and, but that's fine. But I go from a business standpoint, I go, it's truly remarkable how big they are and what, how, and, and it's unorganized as it is at times. I understand that you just can't, it's almost too big. Well, you, you've been to Connecticut, you see that. Yeah. And somehow this genius oversees or he's on top of every little thing. It may not be his day-to-day job to pay people. There's a payroll department. Yeah gets reports you know he's not in the creative department but he'll make the final call on a creative or somebody that underneath him that has you know super trust yeah when i opened up battle arts i remember my daughter saying like like you're more angry now yeah oh the stress (laughs) when people do something and you look at them you're like how the hell did you think that was a good idea look what you did (laughs) this is my life every day (laughs) yeah And, and i'm like god damn man yeah that was a. That's funny. I was going to ask you that the 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 life of business and having Battle Arts Academy and doing that and, and like for me, I go man is is tough as it is in wrestling every day five nights a week and and traveling and all that. You kind of get into a routine and you're told what to do and all I have to do is just work really hard. I don't have to think too much yes. uh, outside of maybe on TV days on trying to whatever's going on. But, but you're not really – the, the most difficult part of the day is if putting together a match rope, depending on what it is, yeah. is which yeah. is easy. And, and now it's – They give you the address. Be yeah. here at this time. Okay. Do this phone or do this interview. It's cool. Let's go. The car's picking me up. Let's go do this. Let's go. And now – and then 
when you leave and having to be self-motivated for your success and it all falls on you is an entirely different thing. And whether waking up early every morning and, and like, or sleeping in because you can and you got a little safety net, like it's stressful morning tonight with the business. Did you experience that when, when you started Battle Arts? And I would imagine to this day, the bigger it gets, the more stressful it can be or no? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, but before the pandemic, I was burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. I um, We do shows almost uh, every weekend because we have a, the venue inside the school. And uh, I, I go make appearances sometimes. I'm coaching judo, coaching wrestling, running the business, doing the payroll, uh, often doing the cleaning because we had a cleaning company that didn't do a good job yeah. and everything. If, if we want to create a new program. So we did like eight different things. We, you know, we were a boxing school, gym. Some people open up a boxing gym and that's it. That's their yeah. business is a boxing gym. I go to one. Yeah. Some people open up a judo club, but we got that too. And then we have MMA and weight loss and team training and a store, like so much. And I've learned a lot, you know, if I was to do it again, I would uh, uh, specialize, not do everything. Because when you do everything, and originally I was intending on still being on the road and being home for like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know. So I uh, hired a lot of coaches so people that are successful are, are in this industry are guys that they love coaching. Yep. And they go, I'm going to coach myself six days a week, two, three classes a day, and that's it. And all of a sudden, your overhead's really low. You're your quality control because you're doing it yourself. But when you have a boxing coach and a wrestling coach and a BJJ coach, that's not you. It's just a lot of uh, expenses, but you also rely on them a lot. If one guy's sick, yeah. what are you going to do? If one guy gets another job, you know, I've had coaches, just better opportunities came along. They're like, thank you for everything. See you later. And I got to scramble and find a new coach and all the good coaches are taken. So it's, it's tough. But the more I do myself, the better it is. And Booker T gave me a lot of good advice, you know, empower the wrestling students to do a lot of stuff. You know, I was posting. So we got Battle Arts Academy and then we have Battle Arts Pro, our wrestling thing. Yep. The Antigua Performance Center, which is like our strength and conditioning component. Amazing facility. And then we got, so then we got like, we had, but we didn't have our summer camp this year because there was no summer <laughs> and um, after school program. So all these different things need Facebook posts, Twitter posts, Instagram posts. You got to keep current yeah. foot. That's a full-time job. Anyway. You have people that do that. That to me is one of my, I hired out with that and I still do my, it, I get up every morning and have to do my social media. It's, it's, that alone is stressful. So here's the thing. Now, let's say you had two hours in your day free time the rest you're working 14 hours yeah well those two hours don't exist anymore because you yep. got to do social media yep it just it fills in the blank anyway so i was sometimes working you know i get up at seven it never and ends work. right it's just you're I'm just constantly yeah. at 11 30 and uh i'm like this is no way to live so when the pandemic came i had the biggest grin man <laughs> i'm like gonna be amazing i'm gonna sit at home and for the first few weeks we're like it was, I mean, I have my son's upstairs. He was a year and a half. Now he's a year and nine months. We play every day. We go bike riding every day. We go for walks, kayaking. Now Tuesday we reopen. We just got to stage three on Tuesday. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, I got to make sure I don't go back to to the way it was. It was too It was too much before. So I'm going to try and – we'll see, man. I really don't want to go back to working. No. Well, and I mean, I'm not making appearances right now because there's no shows yeah. going on. So I got that. I do a kids TV show on Treehouse, which takes up a few days here and there, the long days on set. I got personal training clients in a day, and then I come back at night and coach class. So uh, I'm just going to try and be mindful of not letting it, 
you know. It happened, and I, I think, too, and I did this, too, with even the supplements, and I scaled. You scale too much sometimes. You get you go, you go all in because you know you have that work ethic, and then you get hit with everything. And, like, I came out, I, I started with three supplements. I have 11 now. What I really should have done was was probably have, like, six supplements and really because now – and the growth is so much that I got a, the inventory cost or through the roof. It's like I now and all the supplements are selling like equally. I now have to do reorders for 11 things at a time or usually oh, yeah. rather than it's just it's been a great learning experience. And but it's you, you go all in sometimes and, and it's that's right. Dude. I, yeah. I, you know. You have that personality yeah. to go School, for boxing class, Muay Thai class, weight loss class. And if I was smart, I would have specialized. This is a judo club, and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other people that do that, I mean, but then, then again, still, it's a still full-time gig. Yeah. You got to be there every day to coach. Like, you can't take a vacation if you're the coach. No. Uh, I haven't since I left WWE. Someone asked me, they go, have you even gone on vacation? I go, no, I had to get my health back. I go, my, yeah. without my health, my life fucking sucks. Like, so, no. But right before the pandemic, I was starting to get, like, anxiety pains in my chest. Ugh. From just overworking so much. And then there was like the Raw Reunion yeah. was in Tampa, Florida. And I was I'm like, I'm going on vacation. I, f I flew out wow. Sunday, did the show Monday, and flew home. To, it was incredible. Catching up with people. And, you know, I forgot that even like I'm like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm friends with The Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> I walk in, up. Stone Cold Pops, Santino. I'm like, I know these guys. I forgot for a second. But uh, going on the road now would be an absolute vacation compared to, uh, compared to this, yeah. You know, too. And, and I, I saw a post. So people were saying, you know, oh, you're sick of working for 40 hours and making money for somebody else. Okay. You want to go into business for yourself? Well, now you're going to work about 120 hours and you're yeah. going to make less than you were before. But, you know, you're calling your own shots. So there's a value on that. You know, too, though, I read a book and it actually, for me, and it, it's so true, though, and the boy was a business book and it... it I noticed a lot of the things that were stressing me out and that, and I was doing, I did everything for three years from man, the had shelves all in the house, had a warehouse here in Vegas. I my back was bad, carrying boxes every night upstairs and on shipping out orders, doing customer service. I don't know how I did it. Finally got fulfillment where I was able to actually start really. And I was doing all my content during that. Like, I don't know how, I, how I did it quite frankly, but the book was revenue solves all problems. And I go, Revenue solves all problems. And it, it essentially, though, it's like when you get the more revenue you make, the easier it is to get your problems to go away because you could pay for them to go away. And yeah. it really just opened my eyes. to I was like, OK, what am I doing? And just making my work ethic even more effective. I go, what is going to make me the most money with what I'm doing now? And I was like, I got this system in place. I'm already making money. I just have to now become better at selling. And so I started reading marketing books and selling and figured out things. And then I'm able to get these other problems to go away. And but yeah. it's truly, I want to say too, when I was down there, I love the wrestling school. And I was, you guys, I came down and did um, for the battle arts for the show oh, with, yeah. with George. Destiny. Destiny, yes. But I remember, and I always feel bad about this because I was in so much pain because I needed a five disc fusion and shoulder replacement. And was using the wrestling income for the two years to supplement all the costs for the, the supplements because it was so much money. And they, they, the doctor told me not to wrestle. And I, I, I couldn't even put my fucking pants on. Like I was, 
I was fucked up. Leg was all fucking jelly and atrophying. And I remember you wanted to go eat after this show. And I was in such a mind fuck state of like, I remember I went and got Boston. I said, no, no. And I went and got those uh, Boston pizza wings and just like ate in my car by myself because I was so miserable. Every show it was just get in, survive, get out and like that period. But I remember I was like, man, how these memories that we have and like these times, you never know how many times you're gonna get to be around somebody again and see him again and whatnot. So I apologize, but I was I was in a rough way. Yeah, I know, yeah. I, I think of Shad all the time. Because yeah. you never know when the last good time's gonna be. Luckily, uh, we, 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 he came down in February and we got a chance to hang out with him and go to dinner a couple of times. Yep. We have, uh, I went to Bio Accelerator as well. I was gonna talk and, about that. I picked your brain on that and, and at around the three and a half month mark post procedure, Pain starts going away in my lower back and my neck is feeling pretty good. I bought an iron neck and I've been working my neck and getting some mobility and strength back into it. But my lower back, man, I can simple things like picking weeds in the garden. I get up and be like, ah, Frankenstein. And now I'm getting up and it's no problem. I still can't go lift heavy things yet. Not really that I want to, but uh, I can get on the floor with my son and play around and not have to, you know, get up in stages. I was the same way. Yep. That was with my dogs. And, and I only went once. So uh, did you go to Columbia multiple times or you did stuff in the States? So I've had 16 stem cell procedures between my back and shoulder. Um, I only went down there. They sent me once last year with Kevin Nash. I'm sp- I was supposed to go back oh, in I April. Saw- yeah. I was, which by the way, it couldn't, the best week, that was such an amazing week. But oh, it was awesome. It's, I, I want to talk about that, the down there, the whole experience, but they, um, I was supposed to go in April and it got canceled because of the virus. So now wow. I had two more procedures on my back and shoulder here. Cause I'm trying to go back to wrestling by hopefully the end of the year. I wanted to already kind of be ready based off of where I was last year, but I kind of, this all got delayed with everything going on. So I did another one here on my back and shoulder, which are using my bone marrow. They're nowhere near as strong as, as Columbia, nowhere near as strong, but they work and they got me to where I was at a certain level. Then when I went down to Columbia, man, same thing, like that two, three month mark for me, I go, whoa. Like I'm, I feel like I've been stuck and froze, frozen in ice for four years of my life. And I experienced like old age and being yeah. off of TV and like being forgotten about in a way, all in, in watching everything. And then like now, and I'm looking at like my friends and like some, everyone's getting gray hairs and I'm 38 now, but I'm like, I feel like I haven't aged with all this stuff and I have my health. I feel better than I did in my twenties. It, yeah, it's I surreal. Think I feel like I went back with that. Cause I also, you know, you have to approach things holistically. So hydration, I was never hydrated as mm-hmm. much as I, I, I should have been. Now I'm, I'm, I focus on it. I started doing hot yoga. I started doing inversion. I started rolling out foam, rolling out my glutes, hitting my, my psoas muscles, yep. loosening up everything. And all, but man, I'm, I was like, I'm pretty limber right now. You know, I just hurt my knee, so that's different. But otherwise, I was like, what was that? I was talking to a kid, and I squatted down, and I was playing with my son, but, like, in the sand. And I was just squatting down, playing. And then some of them, man, good squat. Like, you're pretty flexible. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's – um. I do still have – I have – like, my ankle will probably never be better. I have a, a missing – the ligaments are like, there's yeah. nothing left. I have a, sl- a slap tear on my shoulder. And I know if it was better, I would train for a, a Masters World Championships from the 45 to 50 age category. Yeah. 
so I don't know. I mean, I, that's I still wouldn't mind doing that if I can get my body to a point where I can go through a, a training camp or something like that. Maybe fight CM Punk in the UFC. I don't know. <laughs> Just for the payday. He's a big draw. Yeah, yeah. No, man. Oh. He's, yeah, no. He's, he's, uh, Jiu-Jitsu is probably pretty good by now. I would say uh, that he has to be decent with that training. If he was. I don't know if he's training. I'm sure he's still – because he likes that stuff. So He loves Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a martial at heart. And, uh, and Jiu-Jitsu is really one of those things. That's, it's time, right? you got to be there for yeah. time. And even the way they structure the belts – because I started doing a little Jiu-Jitsu now here. And uh, it's related to Judo. And the guy that brought – brought jiu-jitsu to brazil and made bjj he was actually a judo guy and old school judo and bjj was the same and all the same moves that striking it had um and then they purified sport judo which is the throws and they don't do as much on the ground but then bjj took the ground and ran with it jiu-jitsu was working as one of the gracies carlos maybe and then when jiu-jitsu was popular all these guys would come and he was training with these big guys and he was a small guy like 5'5", 150 and he found that if he pulled guard and went on his back he can catch guys so then it evolved from there but anyway it's a whole nother world oh yeah bjj when it comes to the ground because it just it's based on the rules and we have a lot of the same arm locks chokes yeah but the sweeps the passes the in judo if you put an arm lock and i pick you up it's like a an honor system that i could slam you so they stop the whole so if someone gets a triangle choke, I just pick you up. I don't have to escape. I just pick you up. Yeah. And, and that's not the case in jiu-jitsu. No. You got to get out. I'm like, oh, I didn't learn that. I just learned to pick guys up. And, um, yeah, so I'm enjoying it. I, I, I would even do a jiu-jitsu masters like MVP did. Yeah. And uh, I'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, so. No, that, man, you know that saying? I was actually doing, I was doing jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and boxing towards WWE at the end on my off day. Off days, I'd go and do the, the my boxing gym at the Muay Thai. I'd go boxing with my boxing coach, Muay Thai, and then I'd do jiu-jitsu a day or two. And then when I left, my shoulder, when I got all the start of these stem cells, I stopped all of it because I was running myself into the ground. And it's one of the things I want to start back up just because mentally it's such a fulfilling feeling learning new skills and I think self-defense. Yeah. But I'm going to – Frank Mears actually out here, and he trains with my buddy, Nick Best, one of He's the world – so, because I had the problem of, and you probably un will understand what I'm talking about. I went and joined the the fucking the jujitsu the school next to my gym, and uh, the the black belt. It was a guy was from Brazil, didn't speak great English, and I got in there and you're rolling around. I fucking loved it. I was so fucked up though. I remember just being in so much pain. But the guy, dude, the first day, the first day, first day, he he wants to roll with me because I I'm Ryback and like yeah. trying, and I'm like man and like. We did went the whole fucking five minutes and he didn't get me and he was red in the face. He was fucking furious. And I, this guy though, and eventually we had to go another fucking round, another fight. He wanted, he had to get me. He had to. And yeah. I was like, man, like I'm not, I'm not here to. So I, I would like to go. It's such a, you got to go to a good place too that we're learning. And yeah. but I was like, man, this guy's the teacher. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. I had a problem once years, years ago, back in like the late nineties, there was a jujitsu seminar and I showed up in my judo gi with my black belt and everyone's like, they were not happy. And, and yeah, our jujitsu coach, he was trained in Brazil. Yeah. He's a former world champion, big guy, like six, three, two, I don't know, 30, let's oh, say. Wow. Brilliant guy, speaks seven languages, PhD, but he's, it's pretty humbling, actually. He, it's like effortless, man. I, he'll just 
he's so flexible and he's just yeah. everywhere. And, and, then, and part of me is watching, not just fighting, but watching what he's doing. And it's like, oh, okay, you're trying to pick up, you know, like he'll do something and go, oh, oh I see. You're setting me up. You're about to catch me or something. He's like, ah, you're learning. <laughs> and then he gets me in it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so if you're the top dog, you're not going to learn much, right? You got to go be humble. And then yeah. that learning curve is quite steep. No, it's truly, to me, it's such a fascinating thing. And it's, with that stuff, there's a lot of responsibility because you could really, really, you could do a lot of damage with that stuff. Yeah. And it's, it, but it, to me, it was very rewarding outside of, in, in a different way than wrestling, just because it's like, a, it's like a, you're learning life lessons along the way. And it's I real. you see all the greatest fighters are all usually the most humble. It's because they've been humbled enough through it. It's, it's, that's part of the learning process. And I'm yeah, if you, look at, if you look at a great fighter and think about the beatings he's taken from nine years old yeah. to 24, whenever he becomes the best in the world, from older kids, from senseis, from going to camp, from losing matches, and then the accumulation of all that knowledge to the finished product. And it's been such a journey. No one shows up and they're the best in the world. No. It's a long process. But even with striking, just keeping that one-two combo Keeping it sharp, man. You never know when you're going to need to one-two somebody, and it's good to have it tuned up. Absolutely. And I, I wish, that for at a young age, I wish, even instead of sports, I wished that I did that stuff. And it was available. I don't, I didn't, like, I just, it's such a, just for life, it's so powerful to have that. And uh, just with the way the world is, you never know. And that's what you tell people, too. Like, you be careful who you fuck with in real life, because... You don't know who has that counter left hook. You, you don't have to look like you. You don't have to look a certain way. It's the most dangerous yeah, people. Yeah, I think UFC did a good job at changing the conception of, of what uh, a fighter looks like. Yeah. You know, and we've seen that in wrestling as well. It's transition. It's just it's a different thing, and it's not. It, it's but it's the reality of the. It's you don't. It's a skill at the end of the day. So. Yeah, there's this funny post I saw and uh, online. It's like what average people are afraid of and it's like a, a bodybuilder guy and then it goes what what um, mma fans are afraid of and it's like a athletic anderson silva type body yep. and then it goes what everybody's afraid of and it's these guys from these russian guys from dagestan that are jacked up they're wrestlers like they're they're jacked and they're wrestlers yeah. they'll just smash you human and killers like, killer man these guys like carrying sheep up the mountains when yeah. crazy so with everything with the stem cells, you're feeling good now. Everything outside, I know you said the little knee thing, but are you are you going to go back down for more? Because that was a I'm waiting to hear back. I'm trying to go back in September, and I talked to like Cody briefly. Like I like I feel fucking really good, and I'm training now. But I want to get these last ones there because I know I'm get, it's going to help me. And they're going to do the nerves in my leg too, which I'm doing my nerves on the 19th here too to get my big toe for my ankle injury back when I hurt my yeah. ankle. They can regenerate nerves. I didn't know that. I never, my foot Matt has been. Have you been watching the Matt Hughes come back? Yeah. And that's what, and they told me, they go, you know, we could do your nerves. And I go, fuck. I go, I just thought my, my leg was going to be like this forever. And I go, so my doctor's doing it here with my stem cells on the 19th. And then I'm waiting if they get me, I'm hoping it's by the end of September. I'll go down there for a week. And then I'm not like, I'm training now. Every week is getting more and more. My conditioning, everything just. What did I see you? Oh yeah, you were pulling sleds on the street there. Yeah, out in the dude. Vegas has been. There's been like one thirteen here the last few days. It's yeah, dude. I, I punish myself. I'll go in my gym. I I don't go to the gym and I keep it hot because like I need to feel that wrestling. I keep. I've ever since I left, I do my conditioning no matter what because 
conditioning is what allowed me to make money finally and learning how important that was. I was like, I can't lose that no matter what. Granted, in, there's nothing like wrestling, but I do my burpees. I do my assault fucking bike and yeah, I kill myself. You just always got to have some emergency cardio in the back pocket. Just for life. You never know what the situation's going to fucking. And I always said, like, I'm really, really strong. And regardless of if I'm training or not, I go, if I have my strength and my conditioning, I give myself a fighting chance, no matter what the situation. Yeah. Someone picks your pocket and starts running. Yeah. And you, and you got 120 <laughs> meters in you. No, you want to have 5k. And you, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting tired, bro. <laughs> it's just a wrestling. But are you, are you going to go back down there for you with everything going on? To where? What do you mean? To bio accelerator or no? Oh, um, I guess when things ease up. I don't think they have much there. I had a great time though. We did some tourist stuff. We did the graffiti tour. Oh, did you? We, uh, what's that big rock? We walked up the big rock there. They tried to get yeah. me in Nash to do that. We're just like, no, we're going to just chill all week. <laughs> yeah, it was, no, we walked down to that uh, El Prado area and a buddy of mine came with me to because you're supposed to have someone come with you. And uh, yeah, dinners. Great three dollar rides around the city. Like all the food was there's no GM. The girl was telling me there's no GMOs allowed no. in the country. So the food's all organic and it, the weather was great every morning. And uh, you know, did you go to the gym at the in the mall? Yep. Yeah. So okay, you know what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just I walked around <laughs> that mall often. Yeah, yeah. I know the whole mall. Uh, Beautiful I, mall. I saw movies and everything. Uh, but even the food in the mall was good. Like even the, the it, crazy the coral place the coral ranch or whatever they they had the, the grass-fed burgers me and nash would go eat those every day yeah sushi everything's good man no so if, if i wanted it i'm not going to take up too much more of your time have do you have any interest uh, with any of everything in wrestling because you're a very creative individual and i feel like it, you have a lot of knowledge and you're great with people do you have any interest working uh in a role like with wwe or aew anybody like pat buck oh I love it. Dude, that what is gets the beatings all the time. Man, a huge falling out, man. He was that what? He was stealing from me on the show. He stole thousands of fucking dollars. Oh shit, I Yeah, no, that. it was he used to do the show with me and it, and then I was so embarrassed and I called him out. The the final blow was I went and did a show for him, two shows. I did uh the the pictures in the ring after for it was during for, it was for the Houston flood victims. And yeah. I let him keep the money and the motherfucker tried to keep it. And I had to call him out that I go, did you send the fucking money? And then when I caught that and then he quit the show, the podcast goes and starts his own podcast, like whatever weeks later, I don't say anything. I'm fucking embarrassed. My best friend's fucking stealing from me on multiple fucking things. Jeez. Charging for interviews. I didn't know about when I first left WWE that I found about later. And then he goes and just buries me on his first fucking podcast. And then he quits the show a month later. And I just never, it's it. I was just like, whatever. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, no but it's, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy to see him get his ass kicked producer, every week. Right. Well, just before the pandemic thing happened, I guess it was in March. I went down and did a commentary audition at, uh, at the performance center. Yeah. And my goal is to go hopefully do main event. I know MVP is doing it now, but I was doing commentary for Destiny. I've been doing commentary for my student shows. And then I watch it back and like, you know, tune it up a little bit, watch it again to getting better. And uh, I do commentary for judo on a part-time basis for the International Judo Federation. So I said, yeah, I would enjoy that. I would enjoy flying out Sundays, showing up to Raw. One day a week doing commentary for main event and going home. Yeah. And, and if there's an opportunity for that, I, I would be open to it. But that's about it, I think. Yeah. I, I, 
you know, Jerry Lawler once in a while, someone would come and poke on him and they'd get in the ring. Yeah. Maybe once in a while, something like that. But I really don't want to wrestle full time anymore. I would love to see. I was thinking, but I know they, they've done away with like the whole general manager thing. But to me, your in your character is so over, and you're such a popular figure that having you on TV every week, I would love to like a general manager role. I think would be. Yeah, originally when when my neck kind of you know I still had a couple of years in my contract and my neck shit the bed, so um, there was talk about being the SmackDown general manager. Yeah, and then uh, they just changed their mind, I guess. No, I, I definitely, I, I, there's just so much with everything in wrestling and in the young people. I just think you'd be very beneficial to, if I was in charge of a pro wrestling organization, I'd want you around. So, yeah, I mean, I do have a relationship with impact as well, you know, Scott yeah. Moore. Yep. And if WWE doesn't transpire the way I'd like it to, there's tons of uh, potential there to be a producer, a commentator, Yep. Maybe even have a developmental, a battle arts, that kind of stuff. There's, yeah. there's lots of uh, opportunity there. I'm just still loyal to to WWE. Yeah, first, that. give them the first right of refusal. Yeah, they they were great to me for ten years. So, but if they don't, you know, if they don't, if they're not interested, then no, somebody will be absolutely no problem. I got somebody waiting. Yep, good deal. Well, everyone I have on here, uh, buddy, I always ask, and I feel like because you're a positive guy, you're a law of attraction guy, and you do the work. If you can give one piece of advice that that's helped you to the listeners uh, or leave them with one thing, what would that be? Oh, wow, man. Just like that honest conversation you have to have with yourself, you know, and, you know, a lot of people, because something is their idea, they think it's a good idea, yep. <laughs> you know, just because, but it's, it's my idea. I, I like my ideas. So you got to be honest with yourself. You know, are you really working hard enough? I remember, you remember uh, Rob McIntyre? Yep. One time I'm like, I always got this little, like I have a four pack and I got that little roll at the bottom, man. And he's like, well, write down what you're doing and your diet and stuff and your training. So I write it down for track it for two weeks, send it to him. He goes, oh, okay. He goes, I see the problem. <laughs> he goes, you're putting in a good effort, but you're wanting incredible results. And he goes, incredible results require incredible effort. And I was like, it was just like a, you know, wake up call. Be held accountable. And uh, so, yeah, you have to be accountable, man. If someone wants something to get up, if you want something to happen, then you have to learn about something. Here, for example, we started getting into personal training. We have, you know, libraries around me of periodization models, training, wow. young athletes, you know, uh, yeah. coaching, integrated sports, blah, 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 blah. Educate yourself. Do the work, you know, and, and get out there and get up. And a buddy of mine who's a very successful multimillionaire, and everyone's like, oh, it must be nice, you know. We, come to the office and do me play with share memes all day. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but you guys weren't there when I was making 200 phone calls a day for my first two years of my, you know, like every yeah. single day grinding, you know, like crazy. So, um, there's a bit of a false sense of what it takes to be successful based yeah. on social media and, and the whole, even the fact that there's a button that says comment, you don't need to comment. Nope. I you agree. Know, they should make a social media that doesn't have the ability to comment. I said that the other day. I go, yeah. I go, why the fuck do we have likes and comments? I go, the good doesn't matter, the bad doesn't matter. Like we just put I use it, put your content out and just motivation, but it's so that's a whole other conversation. I talk about it a lot, but massive problem with that. And I go, man, we don't need the comments. Yeah, we don't. I, I'd be fine if there was no comments. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to like it, that's fine, but that's it, you know. Yeah. If I can see that 10,000 people saw it, but 3,000 liked it, I get an idea. Maybe 7,000 didn't, didn't get yeah, shit. Yeah, you don't need them to also Steve from Arkansas to tell you what a piece of shit you are. 
I saw one. Yeah. This a friend of mine. She is. She was a IFBB pro, and she just put a post out saying, "If you focus on nutrition and and exercise, is better than any medication." Oh. Some person responds by saying, "You might want to reword that. You know, you're you're medication shaming people." And I'm like, "What the hell kind yeah. of world are we in?" Can we take it back? Did anybody keep the receipt for 2020? I want to yeah. exchange it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. And I, I found out John Travolta, this is actually my buddy that does security for him in Australia, though. He, he said that John doesn't, he has social media and uses it, but he doesn't look at it. And he has other people put his stuff out. And I've seen the most like successful people. I go, to me, that's the ultimate life. And I've hired out now on all my other accounts outside of my personal I'm getting ready though. The goal is to give turnover my personal and I just tell them what to put out, put my content out and not be exposed to any of it because in the real life, it's amazing. I've never met a bad person in real life and I don't want, it's too addicting. I don't need to, I take it off my phone during the day when I'm not using it and I just work. And I, I think too, it's too easy to get caught up in that, that world. And it's just, when I heard John Travolta too, doesn't you, he doesn't, and I go, he goes, it doesn't benefit me. And he does, he goes, I don't care what they say. And I was like, it doesn't matter what they say. If you know what you're doing and what you want, just work for it and do it. And the comments are ir irrelevant, but it's, you get exposed yeah, to that bad and it's bad. If you're a business owner, you kind of need it. Yeah. You have to put your information out there. 100%. And when I retire one day, I look forward to closing down all my social media yeah. accounts and not oh my God, I'm going to feel so light and so clean and so just, oh man, I'll do Facebook once in a while. One thing about the pandemic, I would put my phone down for eight hours. Yep. I'm not taking it bike riding. I'm not taking it kayaking. I'm with my wife and my my, my son and that's what I'm going to be with today. I don't, I don't need to, I don't want anyone to reach me. Leave a message. I'll get it later. Those but are the now, best moments. Opening on Tuesday, I got to kind of have my phone with me. Yeah. Those clients reaching out and I'm too accessible now with these. That's I've said it. I put my phone away too. When I go for walks with the dogs, when I go do my cold tub, hot tub in the pool and I'll go stretch, I leave it inside and I give myself an hour away from it here, 20, 30 minutes away from it there. Because I was just, I was just constantly, I would leave it on. I used to be in my hot tub trying to relax, just fucking working. And I'm like, finally, you know what the final what happened? I dropped my phone in the fucking hot tub and I took that as a fucking sign. I go, knock Ooh, this that shit off. I go, this yeah. is stupid. Fucking relax. And I'm yeah. with you on all of it. When I got to Colombia, I couldn't relax for the first like two or three days. Yeah. I'm checking the Wi-Fi, checking work. And, and then I'm like, you know what? Look where I am, nestled in the mountains. Breathe. I got a massage, you know. And I just kind of took, took a while to decompress a little bit. But I'm really trying to go back to Battle Arts with a, with a new thing. I'm going to reduce some of the things we do. Yep. You know, we, we do and, and just try not to stress about it. Limited you menu, know? the best, best, some of the best in and out burger. I take this is one of the best fast food joints out West. They have one of the most limited menus of all fast food places. Yeah. They just do what they do. Fucking awesome. And it's, and I'm trying to keep that. I think that applies to business so much. The 80, 20, the 80, 20 rule, yeah. man, 80% of your revenue from 20%. Like, uh, I find a lot of stuff applies to that 80, 20 rule. Yeah, I was just thinking Taco Bell, man. <laughs> regular Taco, man. I'm, I'm happy. Yep, absolutely. Well, buddy, no, thank you very much for joining me. I could literally talk to you all day. You're, you're just truly blessed to be able to know you. People don't have the background, but we've seen eye to eye on a lot of different topics yeah. for many, many years, just with life and training and just mentality. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, so it's fun to, to catch up.
And I'm, I'm proud of everything. I think too, you're one of the, when everything's said and done, you're going to be one of the guys to not with your career in wrestling, but what you've achieved outside of it to me is really motivating to see the success that you've had in knowing the work that you're putting in and just knowing from, from it is the morning to night. And it, it, that goes to show it's a testament to your personality and you're a fucking winner, yeah, buddy. I'm on operation retirement now. I'm yeah, trying, yeah. To, trying to really figure out a way to slow it right down. I'm right. looking on, on the real estate for uh, farms. I want to yeah. get a farm up Don't. north and, and you know, one that has a really nice modern barn. Yep. And then I just take a while to find the right property, but I'm looking. You know, I, I told uh, Aaron Stevens messaged me the other day. We were talking idle and uh, I, I just read a book, though. It, it really, really helped me even more. It, it's, called, it's called by John Spolstra, who was uh, the New Jersey Nets. He's one of the big time big fish marketers, super successful sports marketers. But the book is called Success is Just One Wish Away. In the book, it tells a story of, of this genie and he tells it in story format. But you get to the end. And they have examples of these different people that were miserable and unhappy. And, and the genie was granting this guy just one wish. And the wish ends up being that I wish for success in all that I do in life. And um, it essentially is when you are successful in whatever you do, whether you're a dishwasher or just, and you just find happiness in the moment of what you're doing, it carries over to all other aspects of life. And it talks about having a lot of people like to work hard, but have an effective work ethic that benefits what you're doing in your life and don't worry about everything else. It, it really helped me. It was a really, really good book. I, I recommend it to everybody out there. It's because it can do a better job of explaining it than I am, but it's the one wish is essentially just, I wish for success in all that I do. And because when we're successful in what we do, we're happy and that yeah. happiness can carry over to all other areas of life. But you, you're always going to, you're always ahead of the curve on everything. So I have no doubt you're going to find the balance and the happiness. And as we all get older and, and it's crazy time, man, but it's hopefully many, many more uh, encounters as time goes on. Absolutely, man. My pleasure, buddy. Good deal. And for Battle Arts or on social media to direct people? <laughs> on Twitter, it's Battle Arts MMA. And then on uh, Instagram, it's Battle Arts Academy, B-A-A. -A. But I, I usually use my own to – I do stuff about my regular life too, yeah. but I'll, I'll put a couple of posts. Mine's M Milan Miracle on Twitter and Zamalan Miracle on Instagram and generally copy and share things that are on, if they're significant, uh, on my personal ones. Yeah. Good deal. Well, thank you very much. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. What's going on, guys? The big guy Ryback here with Feed Me More Nutrition. Check us out on feedmemore.com or Amazon. You can actually save 10% on Feed Me More Nutrition at feedmemore.com with discount code PODCAST10. One dollar of every sale on the website goes towards Three Square and feeding the homeless. We have our new fruity cereal, I So Hungry, our mango candy, Wake Up Unlimited Energy, and our Brain Feed Brain Support. We have supplements for men and women using only stevia and monk fruit, no aspartame, no sucralose, no artificial colors. We have something for everybody, guys. Get hungry, stay hungry, feed me more. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at fuelmeals.com has something for everybody. 
and easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my fuel meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So fuel meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. Fuelmeals.com. Feed me more. You've heard us talk about real good foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their real good pizzas and enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low carb, grain free, gluten free, and keto friendly. Most items have as low as three to four grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. Welcome back. Big thank you to, to Anthony Santino Morella. That was, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and conversation. I, uh, it, it, to me, these are my favorite, when I favorite shows, when I rarely get to just talk to people, I, I have a history and pa- uh, a past with, uh, truly, truly enjoyable for me. All right, guys, moving on. The, I'm going to go ahead. We've got a lot going on before I do the review of the week. The Feed Me More Nutrition Cash Giveaway Contest continues, guys. I'm getting ready to actually go and set up after I'm done uh, recording. I got to get ready and uh, prep. We're going to be doing a YouTube live uh, this morning where I'm actually going to be calling uh, the winner, trying to get them on the phone while I'm doing the YouTube live so you guys can see just how real this contest is every week. And uh, when I award the $1,000 for this past week's show contest, it started with $500, went to $750. And giving supplements out with each one. And then we did a thousand with five bottles of the Shell Shock Extreme Fat Burner. And this week, guys, you have a chance to enter. The contest ends Friday, August 7th at midnight. I am giving away $1,250 to a one select random winner, along, but wait, there's more, with two months of our ISO Hungry grass-fed protein in the milk chocolate, fruity cereal, or peanut butter pieces, and two months of our Finish It branch chain amino acids. So $1,250 with two months of our ISO-hungry grass-fed protein and Finish It BCAAs. All you got to do, go to feedmemore.com. Use discount code MONEY1250. That's discount code MONEY1250. I'm giving you 20% off your order. I'm also giving you a free premium shaker bottle and workout towel just for buying on feedmemore.com. And you are automatically entered into the $1,250 cash giveaway. That is going on. It ends Friday, August 7th. So this show comes out Thursday, Wednesday, August 5th, 5th, Thursday, August 
Six, depending, we're experimenting on releasing it at different times. So this may be out Wednesday, August 5th, but your order's in uh, any time before Friday, August 7th, and you're automatically entered. Every purchase is a new entry. Use a random number generator. How does that work, you ask? Literally take the order numbers from, because we have a whole system that we use and we have order numbers. So from the begin moment the contest begins, the first order that we have with the discount code, we take that order number and we plug in every order number after that, use a random number generator, and we boom, it spits out a number, we pull up the order number, and it's the first person it comes up that used the discount code to be eligible, that is our winner. And then I go ahead and I contact via email, and I got we have access to the phone numbers through the ordering system, and, and I'm gonna be doing a phone call today, and hopefully we get them on the phone to notify them that uh, they've won, and you guys can see that this is every week gonna be giving out more and more money the, the more people that participate in these weekly contests. And the reason I'm doing this is, I think with everything going on with coronavirus and COVID, it's a good way to do a marketing, a promotion, but to create some excitement and help help a new person out each week. And hopefully it's somebody that could really use the money. There's people, I know a girl, this is the stuff going on that they don't wanna, they don't wanna talk about. I know a girl here in Vegas who's a really motivated, hardworking girl and she worked in the, in the, in the industry here in Vegas as far as a bar, bartender. Well, she's been out of a job since all this. She didn't work at one of the casinos. She would do, they would do for jobs, they would hire out and, and she would do the, the bartending no matter if it was a, a big weekend event or a week long event and whatever it was. Well, she's out of, out of work. She has not been paid $1 by the state with people, she's owed over $11,000 between the, the state and everything that they were given. This is the CARES Act. And I apologize if I'm wrong. I'm not, I don't, I haven't got the dime with anything. So I'm, I'm not fully aware. I just know based off what she told me, she was supposed to have received this money. She's still waiting. When I saw her last week and she's like, she reached out and I swung by during my day just to go check on her because she's mentally in a really bad place. And I was, I could not have been more shocked from the last time I saw her to now seeing she's lost a massive amount of weight in not a good way. Not, she wasn't overweight or anything to begin with. Place was not the cleanest. Always had a, a, a very clean place. Just could tell the stress in her face, her eyes, um, making some bad decisions, had made, moved somebody in to help pay some bills. And that is not a healthy situation. This is a very real problem going on that we're not, that, that's not being discussed with all this. All we're talking about is a virus. And this is what I was talking about before. When you shut down the economy and take away the one thing that everybody needs to survive, you're actually hurting far more people. And we're not even seeing, we have, we're not even nowhere near as bad as it's going to be as far as what the, these repercussions are going to be on people's lives. Is she going to get that money? I don't know. It's owed to her. Why hasn't she got it? That's a question probably for Governor Sisolak and, and their inability to get things done. He's also been paid off by the casinos, which is why he keeps them open. Cool. Leave everything open. People need to fucking work. If they don't want to, let's have a rule option where they don't have to. But anyways, before I go off on a rant or a tangent on that, th there's a reason people need money out there. And I can't solve every fucking problem. But if I could help one person out every week, giving away thousands of dollars every month, uh, for my business that is doing good, then I'll fucking do it. So that's what these contests are kind of the motivation behind them. And uh, 
yes, I make money. I make money. I have a business, but I'm also giving back every week. And uh, I don't see any other supplement companies doing that. So, and it's, uh, it's a cool way. You get the best supplements on the planet. This week, you can win $1,250 in two months of ISO Hungry and finish at BCAs. Money1250, feedmemore.com. I apologize, my voice, guys. I did a Ryback Has Heat live last night. And it really, it was, if you get a chance to check out my Feed Me More TV, I did uh, the League of Fire, Shahina, the UK Chili Queen, her and Johnny Scoville are kind of the two people I, I, I look up to in the chili eating world for hot, spicy foods. They are true professionals. I'm an amateur. I, I'm not, I think I have a, a natural ability to handle hot things. And Johnny, and I know trains, and they've sent me things like tinctures and different things to up my tolerance. It's just, it is, it's truly a job. And uh, I'll do hot spices kind of during the week to kind of prepare a little bit, but nothing could have prepared me. I, I was not ready for this League of Fire Chug Challenge 2 yesterday. A lot of people have failed this challenge. I was able to do it and I chugged the bottle, entire bottle. I don't know if there was anywhere from four or five or six chocolate scorpion peppers, which I got to say are maybe the hottest peppers I've ever had. Uh, the burn was quite intense in my mouth and my throat uh, during the video. They mix it with a lime juice and some other stuff that makes it kind of go through you really quickly. And uh, Shahina, the UK Chili Queen, told me about it. That she goes, when it hits your stomach, she said, it, it's bad. And I had a my meal of, of rice, uh, beans, and uh, some Beyond Meat with it with a little bit small amount of olive oil before but she had told me to eat some bread and i didn't and i had bread usually because of my diet and then I, I didn't want to eat any extra carbs or peanut butter essentially eating a couple pieces of, of bread with a good amount of natural peanut butter really really works wonders for lining your stomach i didn't do it and i did the chug challenge one it was completely fine didn't bother me at all and that was hot but it didn't bother my stomach not only two things have really bothered my stomach, the, the Johnny Scoville tuba tear, death nut challenge, and um, this. And I did it. And then when I got done with the video, shortly thereafter, the burn in my stomach, it, it, I, it made me throw up a small amount, but I couldn't throw up a lot of the sauce. I couldn't, it was, I, I threw up the water that I drank and there was a small amount of sauce and I go, fuck, well, maybe that's enough. And I got really bad cramps for a bit and I had to go sit down. Um, this, this is about an hour process now. So I threw up and it, it, when you throw up the first time I didn't throw up a lot of the sauce, so it didn't get me too bad. I eventually calmed down. I thought I was fine. And all of a sudden it hit me, like it hit me, hit me. I had to run over into my kitchen. I barely made it. And then I threw up really bad. I got up a lot of the sauce. I did absorb and digest quite a bit of it that I experienced the next day, uh, at the other end. But I, uh, and that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be compared to how bad it was yesterday. I burned my throat really bad throwing it up. This stuff is no joke. So anybody that does those chug challenge, the version two, be careful. It is, it's no joke. I think Johnny Scoville is going to try to do five of them and you got to wait four minutes after each one. I would have to eat a loaf of bread in a jar of peanut butter if I would even think, think. And even then I would end up throwing it up on a thing, which I probably should do. It'd make a great video. Me just puking everywhere on YouTube, but. I did the challenge. I defeated another challenge within the guidelines of the rules of the challenge. And uh, that's all that matters. And I'm fine. I, I felt good an hour and a half later. I was completely fine. And, uh, but, but it does, it was, I, I will say it drained me for that hour. That was a rough hour and there's no pain. I can't explain it to you guys sitting there 
and just like you just you can't even fathom doing anything in life like all you want is just to feel good and like you think and like the pain is so bad and you're burning and you feel like nauseous in a way like you know but weak it also zaps all your energy because your body kind of goes into a shock your stomach actually for me i get inflammation in my stomach where i could feel my stomach tighten and kind of expand because the, the the heat is expanding so what i did is i too i ate a couple pieces of bread with peanut butter and agave syrup and i put turmeric on it because turmeric is great for inflammation and literally within 15 minutes all gone and i go okay i just need to prep a little better and the uk chili queen told me and i got to just listen a little more i thought i'd be all right with the food i had but also, too, I think I'm going to start doing some olive oil or grapeseed oil before to help coat the stomach a little more. And it just helps with the internal process of it because, I mean, this stuff, guys, is next level. So I hope you appreciate these videos. Of It's no easy task, and I try to do it to show um, my mindset and mental toughness in a weird, odd way. So... Moving on, review of the week this week, guys. Uh, please, your support. I can't do this without you guys. This show, I think the show was rated overall this past week on the charts, number 39. There's no reason why I shouldn't have a top 10 show. There's no reason why I shouldn't have the top show. I think if I can really, we got to find ways to improve. I've been so busy with the supplements and, and doing that. And I just enjoy doing this show. But I think quality-wise, I really, really think I, I, I have, a, have, a, have a good show. And I think we could be in the top 10. So I can't do it without you guys sharing. I can't do it without your guys' reviews um, and, and helping me along with this uh, uh, to support this show and the listeners. This show's free every week on all plat podcast platforms. We do also have, though, the Patreon for my Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report at patreon.com backslash Ryback. You can, that is now available exclusively on there as a second podcast every week with me and Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. of WrestlingInc.com for all your top professional wrestling news, your source for all professional wrestling news. And, uh, and then we also do the video for this show exclusively on there. But the podcast is free, as always, on all podcast platforms. So review, guys. If you get picked, you get a free supplement from FeedMeMore.com for Feed Me More Nutrition. And uh, this week's winner is Linkster12. So funny, raw, informative, and good. Ryback has opened my eyes to so many new things. Vegans, wrestlers, hot pepper eating, and nutrition. His interviews are more conversation, raw, and natural. He gives the listener an opportunity to hang out with the and hang out with the guests like family. His curiosity leads us down paths of information that are different than other interviews. I'm so happy to have found this, and I look forward to it every week. The wake up unlimited energy is no joke. I'll write a review about that later. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you very much, Lisa. That is a fantastic, phenomenal review, and I can't say thank you enough. So please email me at thebigguyatfeedmemore.com uh, with the supplement that you would like from Feed Me More Nutrition on feedmemore.com, and I'll get you a discount code, uh, and that will be shipped over to you for free, for free, and you pay nothing with that. So, <clears throat> and I do believe that you guys will be charged shipping for it, that we will refund instantly on that. There will be a $9.99 shipping that, that will be refunded for everybody, just so you know, uh, on that for the, for the weekly winner. All right, moving on. I want to mention Fuel Meals, fuelmeals.com. Save 15% with discount code, the big guy. They are a custom meal plan service. They, they do chicken, steak, different fish, turkey burgers, sweet potato fries, 
brown white rice, white rice vegetables. They count the macros for you. It's meal prep at your doorstep. They're a company I've been with for many years. And you can just go to fuelmeals.com, take a look at their menu, take a look at the different food items, see if it's something that you might be interested in. And if you are, use discount code the big guy and you save 15%. All right. My thought of the week this week <clears throat> is off a quote here that I saw that we put out on social media. Another quote, just, a, just a, uh, I guess, just more of a phrase. And it says, of course you try, but honestly, there are always, there are really just some people who seem to thrive off being completely miserable human beings. It's like they want to find stuff to be angry about. You can't help those people. And it says on there only a shrink could, but I think even then that, that that's being a little generous. And essentially guys, and I've learned this, and this is kind of one of the things that social media exposes us to. And I've said this, our mindset determines everything. There is a large amount of people, and they have been from the beginning of time, their entire experience on earth will be hell. And a lot of that now, now is it's their mindset. Bad things happen to all of us, right? Nobody lives through life born and, and lives 100 years or 80 years, and it's just fucking greatness the entire time. Life is about overcoming struggles and having setbacks and having the mindset to push through and fight through and not give up. There's a large amount of people that will never understand that and never get that. They, they experience the same things we experience, and there's different levels, of course, right? But their mindset is not a, a mindset of pushing forward, of positivity, of, of success, of motivation, of inspiration. It is victim mentality. It is complaining, talking bad about others constantly, distracting themselves uh, it, it repeatedly, no matter what. What it is, and social media really, 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 really uh, exposes that and makes that available to all of us, makes those people have access to us through the comments, through ways that we never should have been accessible to that and to begin with. So it's up to us, guys. It's really up to us to know what we want, to know what we're doing, and to live in the real world as much as possible and drown that out, the good, the bad. But you got to realize there's a large amount of people on this planet that are fucking miserable and are always going to be miserable till the day they die. And it's not your job. It's not my job to let them infiltrate and ruin our lives and thinking we can change them. Only individuals can change themselves. That's it. That's why I put out my stuff, my content, and I in, in the hopes that there's someone's going to get inspiration from it. If one out of 100 people can fucking turn it around. I'm doing my job, but I don't get caught up in it. I don't, I don't get, I don't let it stop me from what I'm doing. I'm on my fucking path. I'm not going to stop. I can't stop. You can't stop. You can't try to, I'm going to fix fucking Susie today, or I'm going to fucking this, like you, they can only fix themselves and it's their mindset. We all can agree. Bad shit happens, right? We're all human. We all fucking eat shit, piss, throw up, fucking, you name it. We're all fucking human. We're all going to experience fucking bad things. We're all going to have fucking injuries. We're going to have fucking people that die. We're going to fucking experience pain, lose fucking loved pet, loved ones, loved pets. What are we going to do with it? That's the fucking game. That's called life. That's what determines if you fucking go on and fucking do something or you don't. Don't be one of the ones that don't. Why? Get one fucking chance to live that we know of and we've been blessed to be human. We have so many fucking options. Don't let those bad motherfuckers ruin you. Don't. 
There's so many good people out there, but we have to acknowledge there's a shit ton of bad people, guys. They have bad brains, bad mindsets for whatever fucking reason. Don't give them access. Don't give them power. Cut them out. Don't feel bad. If they want to change, they'll change. And if they find their way back, great. Greatness doesn't, doesn't wait. You got to go for it. You can't let them fucking, fucking anchor you down and hold you back. It's not, it's your fault. It's my fault. Self accountability, but you got it. It's something that uh, with social media, we're all exposed to it. So, so be wise, be wise. And I, I have a friend that just recently, she's, she's logging off of social media for two weeks because she was very heavily involved and it was destroying her. And uh, the comments and the accessibility. And uh, I'm very proud of her. She's going to be, she's going to, you just got to look and you got to get away from the bad ones because the bad ones can really, really, they can really get to you if you let them. And the way you, you don't let them get to you is by keeping yourself busy and having goals and just doing it and working on your life. And that shit just gets drowned out eventually. So go be great. That's what I'm trying to do. Long ways to go, but that's the, that's the fucking journey. That's the fucking, I'm enjoying it. I have hap- I find happiness in each day. Even during a period that that ultimately could have been was supposed to be the worst period of my life, if based off of the things that have happened, best moment, best moments of my life have allowed me so much more. So, and I've really, 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 really cut out that the negative people and the bad people that just wanted to be unhappy, that wanted to complain about everything. And it doesn't matter, guys, whether they're family members or not. They hold you back. They hold you back. And you don't have to wish ill on them or hate anyone. Just limit it. Limit it as much as you can. That's the family is, I would say, one of the biggest contributors to holding people back and and people not seeing it. And, you know, we only know what our parents taught us. Parents are just two people that fucked. Newsflash. Most people don't have life figured out. Very few. So they were just doing their best, right? But we're all kind of just... Whatever our parents knew and put in our heads we think is right. I think we could all agree there's a lot of dumb fucking people on this planet or ignorant or not educated, right? So we have to look in the mirror and be like, maybe I got to educate myself. It's just a mindset thing. That's why I say a positive mindset will lead you down the path of, of learning. And it will lead to one thing after the other. And, and I'm not saying, you, you, you know, you cut people out and wish ill on them and but you got to really take a look in the mirror and see what you want. And you got to know what you want. You got to ask yourself, what do you want? And what is it? Like Santino said, have that honest conversation with yourself. And the things that are not beneficial to you working towards what you want, you don't, even, don't even have to cut it out. Limit it. More often than not. And each individual case is going to be different. But have an honest conversation with yourself about it. That's my thought of the week. All right, guys, wrapping up all fan mail. Please send to P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. All personal videos by me, cameo.com backslash the big guy Ryback. Teespring, check out our store for our Feed Me More Nutrition. We got we got shirts on there, Feed Me More Nutrition mask. We got a coffee mug up there on Teespring as well now. And uh, that's the Feed Me More store on Teespring. For we got a bunch of different designs, Ryback shirts and Feed Me More shirts, Feed Me More Nutrition shirts. My motivational book, bam, wake up, it's feeding time available on Amazon. And on social media, guys, I am the big guy Ryback22. I'm Ryback on Twitter. 
uh, Ryback247 on Snapchat, the big guy Ryback22 on TikTok. We'll see what happens with that. Trump, I just saw, is looking to ban it or is banning it. So we'll see if that is going to be a thing. If not, we just adjust. We don't worry about it. We just keep moving forward. And uh, I am uh, Feed Me More Nutrition, uh, the Ryback Show, and Ryback TV on Instagram. And Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook, which we are posting on regularly uh, as well now on Facebook uh, and on LinkedIn. And I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. So thank you guys very much for listening. You've just listened to another edition of The Ryback Show. Feed me more. This is Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, and 